is as breath in your body, there is hope.
and those of you that are participants in the Mother in Crisis programs or that are listening tonight or that have lived through COVID with everything that we've had, all of the ups and downs, I applaud you and I congratulate you for for hopefully coming through the other side. I'm thinking we're about to come through the other side of this. And you've done it because of your faith and your hope and your charity, and that means giving to others. Absolutely, and that is so that is so very important. And I I have a poem that I wrote as I went through my experience with COVID nineteen. My husband and I, and uh, I wrote a poem entitled "My COVID Tale." I'll probably share it a little bit later. But, yeah, it, it certainly, certainly took a whole lot of hope, faith, and love to, to make it through. And and we are also uh, so very heartbroken for the half a million, over half a million, 500,000-plus people who have lost their lives to this right. dreaded uh, pandemic. But, but, but you shine. You have been shining bright. Uh, like I said, your voice um, of, of just calm and giving the good advice that you have been doing, not just for the bond community, but especially in the bond community. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. I'll let you share because I know you're a great advocate for bond community health center, but also on moms every day. Uh, I understand that bond uh, is a sponsor for that program. And uh, several mornings I've seen you there just giving good advice about how to wear your mask and how to do it properly <laughs> and all of that. So yes, uh, we yes. just have to just congratulate you for being a Hopi awardee today. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go right ahead. No, I was going to say sometimes when um, you think of moms every day and and people think of this, the first thing that comes to their mind is um, a young mother with young children. And, yes, we have a lot of young mothers with young children, but once you're a mom, you're always a mom. And so we try to... Um, tailor the message to moms of all ages and women of all ages. Um, our needs change, our um, our uh, direction in life change, what, what is uh, in the forefront. Your children are always in the forefront. But as we get older, we also have to realize that if mom's not healthy, no one's healthy. And I don't care if you're an 85-year-old mom and you're the matriarch of your family or you're a 30-year-old mom. Um, moms have to participate in their own self-help rituals. They have to make sure that their preventive health care is um, up to speed and on time. And they also have to have some me time, I say. I try to go on walkabout once a year. And, of course, this past year I haven't been able to do this because of uh, COVID. But even if you can't take time away to go out of town or to go on on a, a leave period alone. You've got to find that quiet place, even if it's just an hour. Sometimes it might not be but 30 minutes in a week. But you've got to find some quiet time so that you can think a minute. I tell a lot of women that I said, you know, if, you, if you're a reader of the Bible, uh, Jesus had to find some quiet time to think. I mean, can you imagine everybody pulling on him saying, Master, tell me about this. Well, what happens if that happens? Well, what happens if you do this? And what happens if you, you your wife dies? Can you get remarried? And so forth and so on. And when he had to find quiet time so he could think, you know we have to find quiet time. And so I bring this all uh, back around to uh, encouraging mothers of all ages, um, to, to take a minute to center yourself so that you can help others. Yes, yes. It's sort of like what they say uh, on the airplanes, you, you, you must put the mask on yourself first 
so that you can That's right. be able to help the uh, the other passengers or whoever else is with you for your children and all. So that is so good, Absolutely. such good advice. And we yes. have something called a hope break that that is part of our whole uh, message, uh, the practice of hopeology. That that is really really in line with what you're saying. And and as a medical doctor, it's so wonderful to hear you say that because. Uh, we know self-help wise that whenever you take time out, even if it's like five to ten minutes of a day, and breathe and just get off quietly and think hopeful thoughts, that it does right. make a big difference. So, That's tell right. me, how have you been able to uh, manage? And it's it's sort of like um, as they said about Esther, uh, I was put into the kingdom for such a time as this, and. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I, I can imagine. So tell us well, about what you have seen from your viewpoint this past year and, and even now. Right. Well, it, it's interesting that uh, you would uh, bring up, Esther. Um, I'm almost sure my executive assistant is uh, listening in on the podcast. I was out of town um, caring for a family member and uh, still on the clock at Bond. And so I called back to the office, and I said, look on the right side of my desk, and you're going to see a to-do list. Well, one thing I try to do on a Friday or, or any, any end of the day, but definitely on a Friday, is to try to set the tone for the next week by um, uh, uh, listing those most urgent things to do. And I'm going to get to your question in a minute, but I didn't want to forget this Esther piece because uh, my brain is all over the place now, as you can imagine. So anyway, I was okay, calling back right to her, and I and I said, go to the go to my to do list. So she went to the to do list, and it said, call this person, follow up this person, submit this application, and then she said, it's something about Esther, Queen Esther going to the king, and she said, what, what? I said, oh yes. I said, actually, that should have been on the top of my to do list. Oh, it said read. <laughs> She couldn't read my handwriting, and I remember what I had uh-huh. written. I said, read, read Queen Esther going to the king, because sometimes you have to get that strength, you know, and, and, and read that section. So I, I think it's um, uh, very telling that you would bring this up. But let me tell you some of the things that we've seen, and some of them have been disheartening and some of them have been heartwarming. We've mm-hmm. seen mothers because we're talking about mothers in crisis, but you all can take care of fathers too. But I'm going to talk about mothers. We've seen mothers, unfortunately, uh, postpone health care services because of the fear of COVID or um, postpone bringing their children to the doctor because of the fear of COVID. We've seen an uptick, unfortunately, of uh, substance abuse and a decrease um request for substance abuse uh, treatment during this time. And people are starting to uh, gradually come back in for these services. Um, but on the good side of it, we've seen many women who have embraced telemedicine in our behavioral health uh, uh, program to the point that I would say probably 80% of the um, medical visits in the behavioral health program, whether it's a mental health counselor or case manager or um, we have a a female psychiatric nurse practitioner who's also a family nurse practitioner, I would say 80% of their visits have been um, via telehealth. So we've seen the pendulum swing both ways, both ways. Um, Those who, who had already had a relationship with those providers felt very comfortable continuing their relationship via telehealth, but new patients who had never met the provider face-to-face or who had never used a um, telehealth, uh, you know, computer or laptop or, or tablet um, uh, modality uh, felt a little uncomfortable or a little untrusting, concerned about privacy concerns and so forth with those first initial visits uh, um, being via telehealth, um, but we have really worked hard to try to encourage people um, to do those things we talked about, and that is self-help and some and some centering time. Um, I was um, 
the only child for about 11 years, so I was my father's only son for 11 years, and I enjoyed tinkering around, around with him uh, under the car and so forth. And when I finally got old enough to get a driver's license, he reminded me, he said, you know, you've got to turn the radio off or the radio down in your car so that you can hear your car's engine. That's the only way you can tell if there's a problem. You have to turn down the noise to hear your engine. And unfortunately, during this COVID period, we have been bombarded with data that's changing every day. And yes, you should wear a mask. No, you shouldn't. You know, now you need to wear two. You need to be six feet apart. And the noise, I mean, some of it was just simply noise, everyday statistics, how many have died, how many have caught it, and so forth. That noise um, has been difficult for people to turned down so they can hear their inner engine, so they can hear that I might be in trouble or I may be uh, doing things that um, I know is going to lead to trouble, that I may be making a bad decision or I may be making a decision too fast. I need to slow down, wait a minute, think a minute before I make that decision. So we've seen a lot of that, that the noise of COVID has um, really affected people's decision making and not just substance abuse i'm just i'm talking about anything i'm you know whether to buy a car not buy a car or or you know what to cook for dinner but the noise of covid has just been blaring and i'm sure there are times when you everyone wants to go home and we all love dr fauci and y'all say y'all love me because i'm on the radio but where you wish all of us would just shut up a minute we just need to put some music (laughs) on and and block COVID out, can't stand it any longer. So, yeah. Let me ask you a question because I've always wondered about this, and, and, uh, and, and I definitely would love to hear your take on it. Why is it that statistics show that we, as minorities and African Americans in particular, uh, have the hardest time or have had the hardest time with this disease? Well, there are a lot of pieces to it, all right? One, we, we caught it easier than others because of where we work, how we live, how we love, how we, when I say love, how uh, our funeral rituals, our marital rituals, um, how many people live in the house. So we were more susceptible to it because it's an airborne illness. The type of jobs that we had, most of us could not telemedicine, couldn't tell us, you know, work or, or, or work remotely. And then we started behind the um, starting blocks. So if you think about a race and everybody is starting at the, at the same line, then it's, you know, and if everyone has equal talent, equal talent and, and, and sports skills, you know, it's a it's a equal race. But African Americans, we started behind the starting line from a healthcare perspective. We had more diabetes, more hypertension, more obesity, more depression, more anxiety, all of those things. And so when you weigh uh, put the weight of a chronic illness on top of an infectious disease you're generally going to do poorer. We also went to the doctor later. By the time we got to the doctor or to the emergency room, we were already sick. So we had to be admitted, and we went on the ventilator, and we couldn't get off the ventilator. And so all of that has compounded this situation. So, you know, and so you look at poverty. You look at access to health care. And so someone says, well, there's a community health center in every county, in the state, every county in the state of Florida has something like Bond in it, a community health center. Well, there are people living less than a block from Bond that have insurance that will not go to the doctor, hasn't, they've never been to Bond or anywhere else. So not only is it an access to health care, then it becomes a health education piece and why Preventive care is important as opposed to waiting till you get sick yes. to look for a doctor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so true. 
And we see that with the numbers of, of people who use the emergency room as their exactly. primary care. And That's uh, right. Well, 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 let's talk about hope. What do you see? Where, where does, does hope uh, or where does hope come in when it comes to lifting people, lifting our community, and also becoming healthier? Yes. Well, hope and prayer uh, are in lockstep as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in medicine, we know that prayer, even people praying for you that you don't know and that you don't even know that they're praying for you wow. can, make miracles, can make miracles happen. And hope, and I don't mean blind hope, I mean hope because you have faith and that you have seen the miracle and the power, and and maybe I shouldn't be preaching this way, but I will, that you've seen the miracle and the power of God, then your faith has will lead you to hold on to hope because you know the potential. And that is the only way you can make it. Otherwise, you'll be in a corner somewhere uh, and you can't think straight. You have to have hope that things are going to get better because you know by your faith that they're going to get better. And you may wow, not understand. That is so you may not even understand what the better is. You understand? We, we don't. You know that is that's the miracle and the mystery of all of this that we don't understand the answer sometimes when the answer is laid before us. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful that you say that because we, the, the foundation scripture for our whole hope campaign is 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where it says, these three shall remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love and how they go together and how right. we need that they're interrelated and uh and so so you really can't talk about one without talking about the other so let me ask you Dr. Temple what do you see for us moving forward where we are right now i know the vaccinations are available um yes you know what what do you see well i'm hopeful but i will tell you that i am a little um concerned uh, we are, um, when I say we, the medical profession, the faith-based community, the politicians, we are putting a lot of resources in trying to um, educate, convince um, reluctant uh, African Americans and people of color to take the vaccine. We know that the vaccine is safe, and the vaccine, it may not prevent you from getting mild COVID, but it will prevent you from having a severe case and hopefully dying of COVID. So we're putting a lot of resources into this, and the conversations that I'm having with people are very distressing because I can't get a clear reason why someone is uh, refusing to take the vaccine. So I can't then impart any logic or any knowledge, I can't have a discussion because I don't know where I'm starting from. I just get an answer such as, "Mm, I don't do vaccines. Well, I can't do anything with that. And now the media is telling us that the white Republicans, Trumpy Republicans, are refusing to take the vaccine. So my concern is if we don't get 80%, 80%, about 80% of the country either vaccinated with antibodies or they have really strong antibodies because they've had COVID, it's going to be a long time before we get back to some sense of normalcy. We'll always continue to have these ups and downs. Right now we're a little over 2% in Leon County, 2% positivity rate, which is fantastic. But if we continue the way we're going with half of the people saying I'm not going to get vaccinated, it's going to be a hard time, long time before we um, stomp out uh, COVID in this area or anywhere. So I am hopeful that the conversations that we're having, that if we can send the right messengers to the right people, that, you know, we can match the messengers with 
the um, the people in the in the community because that's a part of it. Are you sending the right messenger um, that will be able to change the hearts and minds of people? So I'm hopeful that we'll have enough money because it's going to take money to do it. That we can pair up the messenger with the other person. Um, that we can get enough people vaccinated. But it is, it's really scary now, the things that I'm hearing. If, if this continues wow. at this rate, it'll be next year before we have, you know, herd immunity. Now, I am thinking, though, that if the industries, the airlines, the uh, football teams, I mean, the sports arenas, if people start saying, especially after these vaccines come off of what we call EUA, emergency use, and a really fully approved by the FDA, that I think if they start saying you can't fly unless you've been vaccinated, you can't come in the stadium, you can't come to a concert because we're trying to pack the seats shoulder to shoulder, and if they start saying you cannot do these things unless you're vaccinated, your child can't come to school unless they're vaccinated, that people may embrace it. But I really don't want to wait that long. I'm, I'm trying to get back to some sense of normal life, you know, in the next six months is what I would love. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I tell you, you are so jam-packed with so much wealth and knowledge and, and just information that we really need. I, I I certainly hope that this will not be your last time coming on Think Hope Podcast because one of the ways that we can think hope is whenever we are elevated and educated with the truth and allow that marinate between our earlobes and change our way of thinking (laughs) because I tell you, we run into so much. But before I let you go, I want to just give you a chance to share. I know Vaughn Community Health Center is celebrating 35 years this year. And um, what are your your plans? What what do you see as you guys are are celebrating? Well, we actually celebrated, and, and see this, you're talking about how, how God is good. We celebrated 35 years. Um, in 2019 was our 35th year, and we celebrated all the year long. Oh. We had all kinds of wonderful events. So last year, so that year we had a hat and tea party and a, a gala and a this and a that. Then uh, COVID hit the next year, so we had what we call a um, – a hat, I'm sorry, a mask and tea um, fundraiser. And I always tell my staff that 2020 doesn't count. We're calling this year 20 plus one because so, 2020 <laughs> just blew by. So, okay, we are still yeah. cele- so we're still celebrating our, our 25th year. It's kind of like when you get 50, you just keep saying the same year over and over again. But I right, want people right. to know that Bond that bond is for everybody. You know, somebody will point and say, well, bond is for them and those. Well, you are them and those. You know, so bond is for everybody. We take insurance. We take we care for uninsured people, underinsured people, Medicare, Medicaid, and our services span adult medicine, pediatrics, uh, OBGYN, chiropractor, podiatry. We have mobile units. We have uh uh, HIV AIDS care. We have um, uh, dental services. We have a pediatric dentist. We've got dental chairs uh, in the pediatric department. We have adult dentistry, behavioral health, mobile health services. I'm sure you've seen our, our pink mobile unit around town. And we're yes. going to hopefully be be putting a chair in Sable Palm Elementary School soon. So we're doing a lot. Um, our pharmacy is on site. So if you come and you're a patient at Bond, we have a full pharmacy there, so you don't have to go somewhere else to get your medicines filled when you're done. Um, so we're we're very busy. We invite you to come and visit with us. We invite you to go to our website and donate. I'm all we're always looking for good funders. www.bondchc.com, chc.com, and. Um, We've done 35-plus years. We're going to be here for a long time. Uh, we owe a lot to, to this community, uh, and the community is depending on us to get it right and keep it right. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, you guys have been doing a wonderful, wonderful job over the years and the sustainability uh, that you've been able to, to have through the tough times and the rough times. It yes. says something to yes. 
your leadership and the leadership of the board and all of your staff and you have some really good people and um so we just we're just excited about you being a Hopi awardee this year Thank and I'm you. looking forward to to seeing you at our press conference that's coming up on uh, April the 8th. And I have to lift you up. I remember when you started this organization, and um, and we've been in the trenches together, and I just, <laughs> yes. I'm just so proud of, of what you've been able to grow over the years. I remember your commercials with you coming down the stairs singing that little song. See, I remember those commercials when you yeah. first started Muscle <laughs> yes. Christ. So congratulations, and I am just so proud to be associated with the organization. Oh, well, thank you. As long as there's breath in your body, there's hope. That's it. There's hope. <laughs> there's hope. Okay, well, um, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, let you uh, go. If you want to stick around, you can, but we're going to uh, have a break now. And once again, congratulations. We love Wow, that was such a, a refreshing and uplifting uh, conversation. We're going to have a uh, take a break now and listen to one of our favorite songs now that we've been playing about change the world. And uh, then we'll come back and we're going to keep this conversation going, talking about the things that we have planned to change the world in April.
remember love always wins. That's changed the world with Airy Cole featuring Psalmist Rain. And we love Psalmist Rain. I tell you, she has some powerfully anointed music. And this young man, Airy Cole, you should check him out. Get his, uh, uh, go on iTunes and listen to all of his songs are so very uplifting, but this one we've kind of adopted, Change the world. We can, and that's what we believe. Faith, hope, and love, we can change the world. So now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we have, that we're in the midst of doing as we are moving forward with the whole Hope Campaign and uh, looking forward to actually celebrating April, the National Month of Hope, our third year. This will be, well, let's see, it started in, in 2018. And so this is actually the fourth year because we did celebrate in 2018. And then in 2019, we introduced the Hopi Awards, which stands for Helping Others Practice Enduring Empowerment. We just heard from one of our Hopi Award winners here uh, locally, Dr. Temple O. Robinson, M.D., and she's holding it down over at Bond Community Health Center and, and the whole community. And she's one of our Hopi awardees. We have other interviews coming up with other Hopi awardees next week. As a matter of fact, we'll be hearing from Barbara Boone of Leadership Tallahassee. And I tell you, she has really, she's a leader of leaders. And that is a special and very unique position to be in. I was in Leadership Tallahassee Class 24, and uh, I tell you, uh, Barbara Boone is, is a wonderful, wonderful person who certainly deserves a Hopi Award. So I'm looking forward to hearing from her and hearing from some of the things, hearing about some of the things that they have planned and that they've been doing, even in the midst of this whole uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, coronavirus pandemic that we've been going through. Uh, life does go on, and uh, we found creative ways to to continue with the Zoom. Everybody knows that by now, and so many other ways. We also are going to have with us none other than, I, I've seen him uh, uh, the, given the title, Civil Rights Attorney, Benjamin Crump, very own, our very own Tallahassee Lassie, and uh, he's going to uh, be on with us on Think Hope. And I tell you, every time I look up, I see him on TV. I saw him on TV tonight uh, concerning these serious issues where he's helping people uh, of color get justice uh, in so many different horrific incidents that happen. And uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from him and having him on our Think Hope podcast as he is also a Hopi awardee. And then we have a few more coming up uh, that, that we'll be doing throughout the month of, of April. So just stay tuned because this is the time when, when Think Hope podcast, this is when we're on the air and we really get things moving is during this time leading up to April, the National Month of Hope, and then throughout April and uh, and just just spreading that hope because that's what it's all about. Now, another thing that we're doing this year that I'm so excited about, and that's our Balls for Hope campaign. And we have so many great sponsors. We have platinum sponsors. Uh, uh, we have gold sponsors. We have silver sponsors. We have don donors who who are who just give you know donations of of any amount. And and we have really been getting so much support this year uh, for our Balls for Hope campaign. And on another show, I'll go over and share our sponsors. I did on a previous podcast. You can hear it uh, in the archives on the on-demand uh, versions. But I'm also going to add to that because we've had other sponsors to come aboard. So I'm going to take my time, and we're going to list our sponsors and and just really give them the 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 type of of applause and and honor uh because without them we couldn't do what we're doing and so our balls for hope campaign has been and we actually started it early we started it around christmas and we've been giving out balls stress balls of hope and today i'm going to share for the first time 
a few testimonials, three testimonials from young ladies who received these stress balls of hope among the other hundreds that we've been able to give out since December. So I'm going to share that, and then when we come back, uh, I'll bring on the Christ Vision Tribe members, and we'll just discuss a little bit about what we see and what we're doing to celebrate hope and to get the awareness, because this whole campaign is a an awareness campaign, and that's what it's all about, that we have a national, now international, month of hope and how they can become more hopeful and then help others to become more hopeful. So I'm going to share this, this three testimonials you'll hear, and then we'll come back and bring in the Christ Vision Tribe. In honor of April, National Month of Hope, join the Balls for Hope campaign, spreading hope to frontline workers and others. Help us to give stress balls of hope to those who need hope, spreading hope around the world, one ball at a time. Okay, so Vicki, we are doing a uh, uh, hope uh, campaign, Balls for Hope, mm -hmm. and this, we are giving these stress balls of hope to those who may need hope and who are going through something. So I want you to take this stress ball of hope and I want you to squeeze it and, and, and look into the camera and tell why you need hope. Mm, God. Well, I am, uh, I have, uh, I've been through a lot of grieving uh, here in my life and then I have a, a few addictions that I'm trying to be delivered from. And I'm asking, uh, I definitely need hope in those areas, you know, and with my children, I definitely need some hope, you know, with my babies. And just, just being, uh, just being a mother, sister, cousin, whatever, I just need hope, Lord, just to inspire me to get better. Okay. Wow, if words can only express what, what grabbing onto this hope did for me. I mean, from the day they, they, they prayed for me, I've been looking up to the hills, which is where my help come from. I was in the middle of suicide, and I grabbed hold of hope thank through you, them. Nobody I thank you, Jesus, for this ministry. I thank you for hope today. I thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Take this. Hold on to this. Don't blow away. But take the ball and just share. Look into the camera and share what what this this why you need hope and how this is going to help you to have hope. Ooh, boy. I need hope because I'm just fearful. I'm afraid that my life is going to end and. The pastor just told me some really, some really deep things that every time I look at this ball, I'm going to squeeze it. And I'm going to know that as long as there's breath in my body, there is hope. That's her motto now, not mine. But I've always known it. I've never forgot it. And I just, I appreciate this, Pastor, so much. I haven't seen you in so long. I'm going to do it. I believe it's going to work. I'm going to do this. I mean, I'm going to open the book. I'm going to do all that, all that. Amen. And I'm going to stay uplifted and stay positive and speak good things. Spreading hope around the world, one ball at a time. For more information, visit makeahopeconnection.com or call 850-222-7705. Yes, that was testimonials from uh, three of the mothers that we were able to give the stress balls to that were willing to just share uh, what it meant to them. And we'll be doing that throughout the month of April. And uh, and that's one of the reasons why we're so excited about all of those that's, that's been sponsoring. And our sponsors, if you'd like to find out more information and how you too can either receive uh, stress balls of hope or become sponsors. We thank God for those that just are still just sending money and giving. We thank God for you because, as you can see, just from these three testimonies right here, from Vicki and Tangela and then Patricia, that it makes a difference. It makes a difference because along with the stress balls, we give them gift cards uh, to help 
help uh, with support, whichever way, whether it's food or whatever else it may be that they need. We also give them one of my books, As Long As There's Breath in Your Body, There's Still Hope, as well as The Stress Fall. And then for those that would like it, we pray. And we are, we, that's, that's one way that we're spreading hope. And that's what they're doing in Pakistan uh, as, they cel- as they're celebrating the, for the first time the National Month of Hope in April. And they've been out going out to the Bricklands, and they've been sharing this message of hope, and they've been giving the stress balls because we sent a package over there. And, uh, and, and it's just spreading that hope and having a point of contact. That's what the stress balls now have become, a point of contact that people can hold on. I know every day, there's not a day that goes by that I don't hold on to a stress ball. I don't throw it up. It's part of my exercise program now. You know, we had to get creative uh, doing no more gyms. <laughs> and, uh, and so if you'd like to find out more information, go to makeahopeconnection.com. And all the information is there, and you, too, can become a part of this HOPE campaign because it really does make a difference. As we heard, the dear sister said, and it's a true true story. Nope, this is true people. I mean, true situations. Uh, nobody's getting paid or to say anything. And, and uh, she was. She had attempted uh, suicide, and, um, and then we got a call, and we reached out to her. And I tell you, her life since that time, and that was just a couple of months ago, has really, really turned around, and we just give God all the glory for that by the grace of God. But he used hope, and he used us in this campaign. This is very practical. It makes a difference. It's it's one way that we can help people and that we can make a difference because it's not only hope but help because hope stands for helping others practice empowerment so so we you know this is this is something that has has teeth to it it's hope in action amen it's not a, a wishing upon a star but it's a force that God almighty has given to all of us that we can that we can stand in along with faith and along with love so on that note, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Nettie Palmore. I see Nettie. I see your hand raised there. Well, hello, Dr. Hello. Tompkins. How are you this evening? Hello. Well, I tell you, I'm excited. Wasn't that wonderful, <laughs> wonderful uh, interview with, with Dr. Robinson there? Oh, it was so powerful. I mean, so many points when you were uh, talking to her, and you asked that question about, you know, COVID in, in our communities. And, and I have to say, Dr. Tompkins, that just made so much sense, you know, because how we do, you know, come together as families and for funerals and weddings and sometimes just come together, you know, just because, right. you know, you want to eat or something. And then just the the uh, faithfulness as you were talking about <laughs> Queen Esther and, you know, and her going forth and, you know, and she just, our life just reminded me so much of, of your life as well and how you laid it down because, because of you, those women couldn't have had those testimonies of somewhere to come back to. Cause I, I think a couple of them was with you in the Kmart days and that was, back in the days, and I know for me it has been a strength of hope. Mothers in crisis, as long as there's breath in, in your body, there's still hope. So um, it's just powerful. Yes, and I can today. tell you you are fired up, and that's good because that's what hope does. <laughs> it, that's why it's a hope lift because it lifts you, and you need yes. that because you, you have a big day before you tomorrow, right? Yes, and I thought about what, um, you know, what Dr. Robinson was saying, you know, about women. And, and thank God for our hope breaks and knowing your body and taking care of yourself. Because if I hadn't took care of myself and took care, I wouldn't be going to get that pacemaker tomorrow. And it, and it makes it more sense to me as I was listening yes. to, to y'all interview 
you know, that, you know, in, in your call today. You don't know how that blessed me today and helped me with that peace to go on and get that pacemaker in. It's going to be okay, Dr. Tompkins. It's yes. going to be all right. That's right. That's what Hope says. And, and and we are praying, and, and I like the way the doctor, the MD, she said uh, the power of prayer and how it goes. You know, prayer is, is, is oxygen to our hope, you know. And uh, yes. so we're going to be praying uh, for you and, and those of you who are listening and those that will be listening to the podcast, uh, just lifting you up, lifting Nettie up as she goes for surgery to get the pacemaker in and... Uh, after and this is not something that's just happening. This has been years in the making, and and we're yes. we're just believing God for for success that it will be yes. something that that will help and will make a difference, and you will recover speedily. And uh, and we we just have hope and we have faith and we trust the Lord because we know yes. that God is able. Amen. Amen, and I just want to thank you for today and Dr. Robinson as well because even as you remember, some of the humble beginnings were at the Bond Clinic when I first started getting sick. That's where I went, so thank you. Yes, absolutely. All right, Nettie, thank you, and God bless you. We'll be talking with you. Okay. Yes, and this hope, it is needed in so many different that's, – that's one thing I love about hope because it's not just one thing. It's not just one person, it's, and it's even nonsectarian. Everyone needs hope. It doesn't matter what you believe in or what you don't believe in. According to the survival laws of three, it, it, we can only live three seconds without hope. And so everyone needs hope. Everyone needs to have uh, a reason to to get up in the morning, a reason to to keep going, to to believe that things can and will get better. And I like what Dr. Robinson said, even if we don't know what that better is, um, but that things will change and that it will be different. And that's what we are. That's what hope is is all about. So um, we let's see. I have time. I'm going to go ahead and bring in. I see Sharon. Hand is raised. Hello, Sharon. Hey, Dr. Thompson, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm doing great. Boy, this has been a powerful show. I've really enjoyed it. Yes. Well, tell me, what, what have you, you know, what have you really, what did you get out of it? Well, I got out of it is that the hope piece and the faith and the prayer and we can't give up, and and it just brought so much confirmation is that our better is going, our best is going to get better, and that um, I just you know with the hope and also how you all were talking, and then also too about how with the African American family how we do do all the gatherings. and that's why we you know was one of the first people I have it the um, COVID more than the other because of our gathering and our love that we have for each other because we always like to get together most of us. Okay, okay. And and so and so um what what do you see that how is that going to going to play out in your life with some of the things that you are in the midst of the hope that we've been talking about. Well, the hope for me is that um um, I'll be able to, um, I, what, what I got out of it is that I'll be able to continue to spread hope, but doing it differently, wearing my mask and doing the things that keep my hands washed and doing the things the right way and still doing that, that distance, social distancing, the importance of that. Right. Yes, because it, it may be a little while longer. Uh, than what yes. we thought. Just because the vaccinations um, doesn't mean that overnight that we could just okay, just everybody take off your mask and just go back to how things once were. But I know, you know, we're going to get there. I believe it. I have yes. hope. So thank yes. you so much for sharing once again with us and uh, all of the uh, Christ Vision Tribe members. As we get ready to close, I want to share my poem. 
My COVID Tale as we close. My COVID Tale. It started with chills and felt like the flu. I laid in bed and prayed for the cold to go away. I took cold Tylenol and felt much better. Although Kwame felt poorly too, he had been tested, so we both believed the cold or allergies would soon be arrested. I kept going on, wearing my mask, believing this too would pass. As I spoke with my granddaughter, who was checking on me because I wasn't feeling well, I said, I'm doing much better. I can taste, I'm not coughing, and I can still smell. As I talked with her, I picked up my perfume bottle and began to inhale. I was in the middle of singing, so you see, all is well, when I realized that I couldn't smell. I put the bottle close to my nose, but I knew the Chanel aroma was strong, and even from a distance, it shouldn't take long to smell the sweet and spicy scent of chance. My ability to smell had taken a vacation to France. So I stopped the conversation in its tracks and I said, I love you, but I'm going to have to call you back. This began my COVID journey. I felt okay, but my ability to smell was taken away. I knew something was seriously wrong, so we went to be tested. Just like my nose suggested, both reports came back positive, but it was also negative as I processed the reality of being infected. Quarantine, I became a statistic, but my faith and hope were realistic and still intact because I believed that God had our backs. It became another experience and testimony in the making, refining, purifying, while taking time to reflect as we prayed. In the fiery furnace of affliction, I was being made. It reminded me of my addiction, and just as Jesus delivered then, he did it again. I was soon healed, and it was revealed that Kwame had to languish in symptoms for far too many days. But God came through, and he was raised from his sick bed too. What I learned from this COVID tale is that no matter how careful you are, you can never tell what may happen. COVID came to our house as quiet as a mouse. It took my smell but had to give it back on its way out the door. It tried to take away all, but we were left with more. More love, more faith, more hope, more of Christ, and less of flesh, less pride, less judgment, less negativity. I thank God for allowing me to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Remember, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope.